0: Well, good morning once again. I am super excited to be talking about this new series called Warnings. And we're still in the book of James, but he kind of changes his tone, so we're going to change our tone and talk about uh, some warnings here. There's a lot of ridiculous warning labels out there, right? I've got a few more I want to show you. They'll be on the big screen behind me, I I believe, right? Warning label on a wheelbarrow. Caution, not intended for highway use. If you want the one for the highway use, that's going to cost you more, right? You have to buy the deluxe model for that. And then there's this one. May irritate your eyes. A can of capsicum spray. I hope that will irritate someone's eyes. It's a warning label. How crazy. And talking about eyes, look at this one. Safety goggles recommended for a letter opener. Now, most of you don't know what a letter opener is, but back in the day... You actually got mail, it was in an envelope, and you had this little nifty little thing that you could slide across it and it would open. Why would you need goggles for that? On a pram, remove child before folding. Now, I'm gonna go way out on a limb here and say if you have a child and you fold them, fold the pram before taking them out, you do not deserve to have a child. Okay? You should not have a child if you need that warning label. You weren't ready for it. I was out with friends this week in our life group, and uh, we went out for dinner. And when we were ordering, a couple of the members of the group ordered things that were gluten-free. And as they were placing their order, the waitress said, oh, that's not gluten-free. So then one of my friends pointed to the menu and said, well, it says gluten-free here. And she was very nice. She wasn't, you know, angry or hands on hips or anything like that. She said, oh, it says it's gluten-free. And the waitress just said, yeah, but I know it's not labels, you know, why do we put Stickers on things and labels on things that are silly or even not true. Hey, today, you know, we're kicking off this series called Warnings, and we're not going to be using these silly warning labels as our text. We're going to be using the second half of the book of James. We've been through the first half of it talking about living faith, and as James changed his, his tone a little bit, he's a very practical guy, so he's still uh, going to give us some practical things that are going to rip our hide off sometimes and just step on our toes and make us... Wish that we weren't going through the book of James, but he changes it to a bit of a warning tone. Several warnings uh, through the second half uh, of the book. If you've missed any of that uh, first series, faith, uh, living faith, you can go to our website, go to our app, go to YouTube. And by the way, again, if you're online right now doing that, then go ahead and share it now. Click like and all that kind of things. If you're in the building and you're actually online too, because I know you're not looking at your phones doing anything other than keeping up with the notes on the sermon, right? Thank you. You can actually send that to your friends now and tell them to jump online. So as we first, as as we launch into this thing about warnings, have you ever been scammed and you're willing to admit it? You know, I've had some friends that got scammed uh, many years ago. Uh, I was in a church and one of the the prominent people in the church uh, was telling everybody about this invention that he had. And his invention was a, a tag that could be inserted in a towel, a hotel room towel. And he had sold this idea to Holiday Inn. So he was gathering funds to start mass producing them. And he gathered lots of funds, but guess what? There was never a little device to put in towels or anything like that. And many people got scammed out of money. We were actually invited into that. And uh, glad I didn't uh, uh, have the money to do that at at the time. But, you know, scams are prevalent today, and the, the, the common method today is text messages, right? That's the one everybody's screaming about, and it's on the radio. They go, whoop, whoop, whoop. Should have seen the warning signs? Anybody heard those ads? Okay, one person heard those ads. Okay, good. It's effective. So if you haven't heard the ads and you get a text message with a link that's saying that your water bills is due or your lecture all those things, don't click the link. Go Google it to make sure that it's real before you do anything like that. So scammers are are pretty smart. So today James is going to talk to us about wisdom, and he's going to tell us how we can tell the difference between true wisdom and scammers. All right. So that's where we're going today. Hang on tight. Uh, does anybody here want to be wise? You want wisdom? I want to be wise. I actually have this beautiful thing that I put on my desk that our former chairperson of our church council made for me because he found out a lot of the things that I have to deal with. I need to be wise sometimes. So he always wanted me to have that reminder there. By the way, it's an owl in case you can't figure that out and see that. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so we all want to be wise. In fact, when people ask for prayer, you know what the number one thing they're asking for? I need wisdom. Pray for me. I need wisdom. Pray for me. That, that is far and away the most common prayer request when we pray with people. And King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, and the richest man that ever lived and all of those things, when he became king, God asked him something. He said, hey, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want. What did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. And God gave him wisdom and riches and everything else as well because he asked for wisdom. By the way, in your life groups this week, you'll get to pick that apart and figure out what that was all about and things. So make sure you go to your life groups and engage with that. In chapter 1, James had already made it clear that if we lack wisdom, we can ask God and he'll give it to us. Now he's picking up the topic again here and he's expanding on it and he says this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. He says, if you're wise, prove it. That's not a shock coming from James. If you've been keeping up with the series, James is all about the evidence. He's all about living it out. So he says, if you think you're wise, prove it by the way you live, by the things that you do. Wisdom is not measured, James might would say today, by your degrees, it's measured by your deeds. And wisdom also is not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures, but of applying truth to life. That's why I am passionate about when when I'm up here doing this thing that I do, I'm always asking by the end of the message, if I haven't got a so what for you and for me, then I feel like, okay, I've just done a lecture that might make you a little bit more intelligent or or whatever, probably not coming from me, but I want to make it practical so that you can live it out. It's not about acquiring truth. It's about applying truth. And you know what James is telling us when he's saying prove it, he's actually telling us this. He's saying that wisdom is visible. If you are wise, I should be able to see it, James is saying. You know, visibility is a great thing. That means we can identify it, we can see it, we can know it when it's there. But what is wisdom? Is it knowledge? Is it book learning? Is it having a lot of degrees? Well, I think we've already kind of established or we're hinting towards that's not it. Wisdom is skill in the affairs of life. The practical wisdom is shown in forming the best plans and selecting the best means and those things. It includes the idea of sound judgment and good sense. A lot of people would say wisdom is kind of common sense. But it's not because it's not common. Wise describes somebody with, a, with moral insight and skill in the practical things of life. Whereas understanding, because he talks about wisdom and understanding in this verse, refers to the intellectual Perception, scientific acumen, if you will. And those things actually work together. But James Macher, who is a theologian, said this. The Bible nowhere places much value on knowledge that remains merely cerebral or creedal. Knowledge that remains cerebral or creedal. We, we can make a list of rules and policies and all that. That kind of knowledge, the Bible doesn't affirm those things. It doesn't give a lot of value to those things. Wisdom is not intellectual, but it's behavioral. It's, we can see it played out. So how do you know wisdom when it comes along? There's evidence to wisdom when it comes along. It ends with good works. So if you see good works, you can start tracing back and say, oh, okay, is there some wisdom associated with those good works, those good deeds? We, we talked about that a lot in the Living Faith series. And if you're going backwards, is there humility associated with those good works? We're going to get into that a lot in just a couple of minutes. If there is, that actually comes from wisdom. Wisdom produces humility, which produces good works. There's a pattern there. And that's how you can test wisdom, is is what James is telling us here. Humility. 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 It's not weakness. A lot of people think humility is weakness. Is somebody that, that's just really quiet and shy, and they don't uh, cause waves or anything. But it's a, a meekness. It's acting in a gentle, even-tempered, mild manner. It's called, or it's been class, or, or it's been said that it is strength under control. It's not getting angry without reason, but sometimes getting angry for the right reasons, and following that with right actions. And then the good works we're talking about is acting in a manner that exhibits humility. Humility is the key there. Good, a lot of people can do a lot of good things with wrong motives. They can be trying to do good things so that they'll be noticed or so that it will benefit them in the end. Good works associated with humility is a sign of wisdom. So we've established that wisdom now is visible. James now addresses something here that we've really got to take on board today. There are two types of wisdom. Okay? We look at the good works and the humility and everything. There's two types. And this is the danger. This is the warning sign that James is, is throwing out here. The way we identify scammers, if you will. He says, but... If you are bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Not the kind of wisdom that we want is what James is talking about here. He's saying, Warning. False wisdom has a high view of self. That's how you can recognize whether it's wisdom that's coming from the world and all around us or if it's coming from God. If it's it's false wisdom, it's going to exhibit itself because the person who we're deciding is wise or not, and that's you and me deciding about yourself even, if you have a high view of self, That's probably not the wisdom that's coming from God is what James is saying. He says, if someone is bitter and jealous, they are not wise. Bitter and jealousy, that's the opposite of humility. The opposite of humility is hostility. If you see someone who is not humble, but they're proud and arrogant and they're hostile with things when they're sharing their wisdom, it's a sign that says, okay, that's not the wisdom that's coming from God. They're greedy and prideful, desiring someone else's stuff. That's what it talks about when it's talking about selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is a strong desire for personal gain at others' expense without considering who you may be hurting or who you may be taking things away from. It's self-promotion. You hear all about them and less about others and sometimes even less about God. Amongst Christians, where it's always about them, that's a sign that it's not godly wisdom. James pointing out a carryover uh, from Judaism here that the Pharisees used their religious activity to promote themselves. Ultimately, that's why they killed Jesus because they saw he was going to endanger their position, their power. So it was all about self-promotion. They were very religious and would say a lot of spiritual things But it was all motivated by their own self-interest. This word carries also the selfish ambition, carries the idea of creating strife, like in politics, where you try to align people to your side, your point of view, and to get the votes, right? Sadly, this happens in churches as well. Someone will be unhappy about something, and then they'll start going around and talking. I say, what do you think? what do you think about this or that? And I'm not going to start making the list. I almost started making the list and then I'll give you fuel to go out there and start, what do you think about the music? Oh, Anyway, oh, did I say that out loud? And then you get people together, you get a group and then all of a sudden you've got some momentum there because you've got people aligned with you. That's dangerous and divisive. I experienced that in a church in the USA. They called me, to be uh, uh, an associate there, and I found out pretty early on they had actually brought me in to run out the senior pastor, and one day, one of the deacons came into my office, and he looked at me and said, Stan, you just say when you're ready, because I've got the votes, yeah. and I said, "Ah, uh, nah." No, 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 we don't operate that way. That's not the godly way. That's not godly wisdom that you're exercising there. I affectionately called the people that were trying to do all those things the church mafia. And in the end, uh, my job was to run them out, not the senior leader. But you know, when people start building those alliances, it leads to division and ineffectiveness. People become so obsessed with their own agenda and their own way about doing things that they ignore the people that they are hurting in the midst of all that, in the ministry that they are bringing down and destroying and beca- causing to become ineffective. Paul calls out this kind of behavior in the book of Philippians. Things to add to the to don't list. He says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests. But take an interest in others too few questions to kind of refine that thinking is, how do you feel about it when others succeed? Especially when they succeed in an area you wanted to succeed but didn't. How do you feel about that? Are you happy for them? Or if you're honest, are you like, yeah, they didn't deserve that. How about when people fail? Are you sad for them and empathize with them? Or are you like, saw that coming? They deserve that. Then he says, James says, "Don't cover up the boasting with lying, or don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying." He's talking about pride, saying these people are proud of their own wisdom. If people are telling you how wise they are all the time, that's pretty good evidence they're not that wise, right? Anybody know people like that? Don't raise your hands. Don't point. But it's a pretty sure bet that if they're telling you how wise they are, if they need to tell you that, then they're probably not. I, I love being around wise people because usually they're not telling me they're wise. Usually I'm absorbing that. And if I say they're wise, they're like, hey, 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 it's not me. I, I'm, I'm not, nothing special. You know, the, that kind of thing. When God's wisdom is at work, there's a sense of humility and submission. In those cases, God gets the glory, not people. And then if boasting doesn't work, James James says, don't cover up the truth by boasting or lying. If the boasting doesn't work, then they'll just start making stuff up. If they're operating in worldly wisdom, trying to take others down. Again, it's not isolated to James. We've already seen Paul calling it out in in the uh, city of Philippi. He's calling it out now in the city of Colossae. He says this, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. James says that it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. And, you know, when I think about that kind of wisdom that James is talking about that's not from God, a lot of times we call that human wisdom. James takes it a step further. He says, no, it's spiritual but it's not godly it's actually of the devil it's actually demonic wisdom be careful James saying warning look out you think you got wisdom and if the wisdom's not checking out here as godly wisdom then you need to be careful you need to know that the wisdom that you're exercising is actually coming from other spiritual forces pride self-promotion causing division are all clear indicators that one's so-called wisdom is not from above, and the results are devastating. Look at verse 16. It tells us the results are for wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. You can measure wisdom by the results. If it's disorder, if there's violent disturbances, if there's confusion and instability, if it's evil, which is worthless and uh, of no value, if you see unethical immoral practices all around that person or organization, then you can see that they're acting like our unredeemed world. They're not acting like transformed people that have met Christ. You know? Because wisdom is visible. We can see the false wisdom. But the beautiful side is we can also see true wisdom. Look what James says here in verse 17. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. He's given the warning about false wisdom. Here's the warning if you want to recognize true, true wisdom. This is a good warning. True wisdom has a humble view of self. False wisdom, high view of self. True wisdom, humble view of self. It's that simple in James's economy here. He says it's pure. That means it's faultless, it's holy. And before you start figuring out what that is and defining what holy means, you're gonna very quickly jump back into human wisdom, false wisdom. You start making the list and all those things uh, uh, about what you can and can't do. What purity is, is, it's a deep sense of a heart postured towards God. And living a life that's marked by the love that he has given us. It's exhibiting love and compassion to others. We need to be really careful not to exercise judgment about what is holy. We need to measure our lives by the word of God, not the wisdom of men. And men's ideas even about the word of God. Then it says, it's not only pure, but it's also peace-loving. peace loving Peace-loving means promoting wholeness or well-being or happiness, being considerate. So while false wisdom leads to competing, confrontation, God's wisdom leads to peace. And it's not peace at the cost of purity. Those two are not in opposition to each other. Sometimes sin needs to be called out in people's lives so that we can have peace, to maintain peace, and so that they can grow in their own wisdom. It also says that it's gentle, which is tolerant of other people. It's not legalistic. It's moderation without compromise. And then it's submissive. It says willing to yield to others. That means they're persuadable. That means they're not so stuck on their own points of view that they can't be changed. Friends, let me suggest to you, if you've been a Christian a long time like I have, if you're in the same exact place, same exact views on everything, Today, that you were 20 years ago, there might be a problem. You might be stuck. you might have stopped growing in your understanding of God's ways. I would encourage you, if you're stuck, challenge yourself in that, and let the Word of God do a work in you. It says. It's mercy, it shows mercy. It's full of mercy, controlled by mercy, being kinder and more generous to people than they deserve. And then the good deeds, we've talked about that in the last series a lot. And it's not showing any favoritism, which means not divisive, not aligning with people who are like me instead of people that I don't like against them. And it says it's sincere. It's not pretend. It's not hypocritical. All these things characterize true wisdom that comes from God. Origin determines the outcome. Where it comes from is what matters, and it produces the the results. Look at the results of true wisdom. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. The peacemakers, those who are following true wisdom, who are truly wise, they're following the wisdom from above, will sow seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Those are nice words what do they mean? What does that even look like? I would suggest to you, it looks like lives that are guided and led by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul's talking and he said, the words that we're using, the words that we're saying are not our own words. We didn't get them from ourselves. He says this, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. Human wisdom versus God's wisdom. It comes through the Spirit. And if it comes through the Spirit, listen to Galatians chapter 5. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Any of those words that I just read sound like what James was talking about when he talked about wisdom that comes from the world? Yeah. Then look at uh, verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you see what James is talking about? Do you see similarities there? Or is it just me? I see wisdom coming from spirit-led lives, spirit-filled lives that are being controlled by and yielding to the Holy Spirit, okay, as we're learning and as he is moving us and as he is shaping us. So what? So what? What does all this mean for you? What wisdom are you following? Are you following wisdom that's going to, Produce greater humility and good works in your marriage for those that are married? Are you following wisdom that's producing greater humility in your relationships in your workplace? Are you following wisdom that's producing greater humility and good works in your relationship with your parents? Are you following the wisdom that's going to produce humility and good works? In your relationship with other believers, are you following the wisdom that's going to produce humility and good works in your relationship with unbelievers? Yes, I'm saying that a lot. In every relationship, in every circumstance, if it's not producing humility and good works, you're not following the right wisdom. So who wants to be wise? Okay. I'm not sure there's many as when we started today, but, but there, there's a few of you still do. Remember, there's two types of wisdom. There's false wisdom that has a high view of self, and its origin is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And the results are disorder, confusion, and worthlessness. And then there's true wisdom, which has a humble view of yourself. Its origin is from above, and the results are a life marked by the fruit of the Spirit. So if you want to be wise here's a simple formula. I don't usually do formulas because I don't like them most of the time, but I, I really believe James would have us see this today. If we want to be wise, start with this. Assess accurately. Okay, I'm asking you which wisdom, and, and, and if we took a poll and you had to raise your hand, you say, yes, yes, the wisdom that's from above. That's me. That's me. Assess accurately. Ask yourself the hard questions. Is the wisdom I'm using for my own self-interests to promote myself. And hey, if you're struggling to answer this, to assess, bold step here, ask someone close to you. They might tell you a hard truth. And be ready for that because if you're not ready for that, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna respond in human wisdom. You're gonna respond in worldly wisdom, false wisdom. You gotta respond humbly if you learn through your assessment that you're using the wrong wisdom. So assess accurately and then adjust accordingly. No need to assess anything if you're not ready to make some adjustments. If you're not ready to admit that, oh man, I I have been living too much in this space over here and I need to, to, to be over here more. Make the necessary adjustments. Instead of maybe educating yourself so much in society and world's wisdom and listening to podcasts that are just going to make you smarter, maybe start listening to things that are going to challenge your heart and cause you to be more humble. And then after we've adjusted accordingly, we act appropriately. Let it flow out in good deeds. You know, we all love to be around people who are humble and doing good deeds because they're wise and we want to be like them. If you wanted to engage with a, a life coach to help you get better, you know who you're going to go look for? You are to go look for that person because that's who you want to be. That's who I want to be. Act appropriately, the fruit of the spirit. And when you're doing that, there, there may be some restoration work that has to be done. If you've been living over here, exercising the, 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 the false wisdom too much, there may be some damage that you've done And you know what humility does and true wisdom? It goes and it admits that and it does what it can to restore those relationships. You know, I'm going to pray for us in this space because I think it's something that we all need. I'm going to ask you, you can go ahead and stand while I pray. Everybody across the building, even online, stand up online, because we need... God to do this work in our lives, controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's not something we're going to manufacture ourselves. So I'm going to pray over you in this, and then we're going to sing again. And at the end of that, if you want some specific prayer, our prayer team's going to be up here at the front, and you'll be welcome to come up and let us pray with you in this area. A lot of people always come up and say, hey, pray for me that I'll have wisdom. Well, let's go deeper on that today. Father, thank you. For your word. Thank you for making wisdom available to us. You say if we like wisdom, we can ask you and you'll give it to us. Thank you for using James to identify what that looks like and to help us to confront ourselves with our behavior when, when it's pouring out of selfish ambition, self-promotion, and those things that are false wisdom. It, we may look smart and it may sound good, but Lord, you know our hearts better than we even do. Lord, I pray that you would prick our hearts and help us to admit where we may be living in this space. And Lord, I want to ask you to fill us with your wisdom. And Lord, I pray for everyone here uh, in the building. I pray for everyone online under the sound of my voice and those watching this years from now that are struggling with living with wisdom from above, that are struggling with being smart and doing lots of good stuff for themselves. But Lord, not being humble and letting that manifest itself in good works. I pray for those that right now their hearts are being challenged. I pray that you would, by your spirit, give them conviction, but also give them comfort, give them confidence as they move forward. Lord, help us all to live our lives being controlled by the spirit led by the wisdom that comes from above. In Jesus' name.